Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. In 2017, one man's vision and passion for all things metal started out as a record store in his house. Years later, the fight against a mainstream empire continues as Shade Beast. An independent metal collective and online store based in Athens, Georgia, is the world's premier heavy metal brand for music heads that value authenticity over the mainstream acceptance. Featuring original t-shirts from some of the best underground artists, as well as stickers, posters from the Shade Beast Presents concert series. Unique, one-of-a-kind collectibles and small curated selection of vinyl and cassettes from the masters old and new. Visit ShadeBeast.com and enter promo code SITHLORD for free domestic shipping on your first order, whether you're a new customer or returning. And be sure to join the Shade Beast social groups on Facebook and the interwebs to keep up with the new release announcements and talk all things metal and Star Wars. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and filth.
Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you for tuning in to another week. In another episode of The Metal Forge. How the fuck are y'all doing? I am doing alright. You know, like... It's been interesting, but... Let's go ahead and get it out of the way really fast. Today's guest is Nate from the brand... The brand? God damn me, man. Like, I can't talk all of a sudden, I guess, you know? Let me pop open the tea here and, and take a sip. Yeah, so uh, today's guest is Nate. That's that's funny. Nate's two weeks in a row. Who would have thought that shit, right? But he's not the same Nate. It is Nate from the band Preacher out of Reno. And, you know, hey, fuck yeah, man. We're going to talk to him here in just a few minutes. But before we do, I do want to give a shout out to Shauna. Uh, and we talk, to her, uh, talk about her in the interview as well because she has turned me on to... Quite a few cool fucking bands here recently. So, uh, yeah, thanks to her for get, getting you all some content and shit like that. We're going we're gonna to get some really cool people on here, I think. Uh, so, fuck yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm, it's been an interesting last few days. You know, like, I'm, I'm getting into the headspace of playing a show. And it's like... You get so amped, and you're like, yeah, I feel fucking good about this. I feel fucking good. And you get the few messages as you get a little closer going, man, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to do this. It's a friend's birthday this weekend, and we're all going out. And it's like, ah, fuck. And it's like the other mutual friend is like, hey, I'm not going to be able to come because uh, I'm doing something. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, friend's birthday, right? And they're, and they're like, nah, man, uh, yeah, I'm just going out of town. I already made plans. Sorry. And it's like, ah, oh, God, fuck, come on, come on, man, come on. And we all go through it, right? But yeah, man, like, it's interesting to, you know, the swell of emotions that one gets when you just fucking go for it. You know, you're just like, eh, it's a fucking show. Yeah, fucking, yeah, I'm amped the fuck up. And then, eh, man, I'm not going to be able to go. You just fucking go down. It's like, ah, come on, fuck. But anyway, here I am rambling about this cool thing. Uh, I did get a cool Shade Beast package here a few days ago, and I will be doing an unsleeved on it. Might not be out Saturday. I've been, I know I've been talking about doing one for a couple of weeks, and I need to. I just need to fucking just, like, make myself do it. You know, maybe if I, like, actually said, hey, if you do this and you work this couple of hours to do it, you can go out and get something. You know, give myself some fucking incentive or some shit. But yeah, man. Total cool fucking stickers in the pack this time. Some awesome fucking heavy metal magazine cards. Uh, uh, some other cool shit. And I'll show off the, the couple of shirts I get. Um, so yeah, fucking, fucking awesome stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully you all are taking care of each other and kicking each other's ass out there. And, you know, because, like, we only have each other, and the the scene is always there, and, you know, no matter what, the scene will have your back. You just show the respect. 
it shows respect to you. That's so fucking cool, you know? Fuck yeah, it's fucking cool. That's fucking cool! Is, uh... I always love that scene in fucking, um... In, uh... Benjamin Purge. Fuck, I had to think about it for a second. That when when Kirk grabs the mind and goes, That's fucking cool! But yeah, I, I'm like... I'm like... Out there today. It's interesting. But if you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, please come in to Metal Night at Art Sanctuary. You know, I've been sharing the shit out of the posts and everything. So check it out. Uh, Metal Night at Art Sanctuary. It's Eulogy and Blood, Overload, Blood Curse, and Cur, along with about six to ten local artists. That L word. Uh, Louisville artists. That L word. You know, and fuck yeah, we're going to have Ryan Case, Russell Jackson, Ripley Puchetti, uh, Scary Carrie Crafts, uh, uh, so many more, you know, just seriously, come the fuck out, it's ten bucks, and the flyer art is a hand-painted piece of tattoo flash by Mr. Jared Spicer at Among Flies on Instagram, and... Uh, out of Ageless Art in Clarksville, and we are going to be raffling off the actual art piece of the flyer. So uh, you get a chance when you get there. Uh, every paid admission gets a chance. So and yeah, fuck yeah. So come on out. It's ten bucks, and it's gonna kick fucking ass. But I'm rambling. I'm going on and on and on. So fuck it, yeah. Let's listen to some Preacher. This is their new single, Dystopia. Yeah.
All right, metalheads. Today, uh, we're sitting here with uh, Nathaniel, Nate Garrison from the band Preacher. Dude, what's up? <laughs> what's up, man? Uh, yeah, Nathaniel is my, what do you call it, like my, my government name. You're, you're, uh, you're given? <laughs> yeah, my given name for the, for, the, for the police to identify me and the judge, right? Right. Uh, no, yeah, I've never been called that ever, except for like my mom, when my mom was mad at me. But I, I just go by Nate, <laughs> and not Nathan, because those like Nathans are weird, man. And uh, we can dive into that if you want to. <laughs> isn't that a isn't that a restaurant up east or something like Nathan's? Oh, it's like Nathan's Hot Dogs. Oh, it's Nathan's Hot Dogs. Okay, yeah. So I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> Which I would say Nathan's Hot Dogs on my radar probably ranks about I'd say number eight. A number on eight. my hot dog radar list. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I've had some pretty amazing hot dogs, man. Yeah. You. That you know, I'm just excited that you have a hot dog radar, you know? That's like oh, holy shit, man. You can ask anybody, bro. Okay. I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> we have derailed immediately and I love it. Um so tell tell me about this hot dog radar. So if Nathan's is at an eight, say we're gonna cap it at ten, who comes after Nathan's? After Nathan's, um, I would say just like an actual like grilled hot dog. You know what I mean? Like you're hanging out at a barbecue. Uh, someone's like, "Hey, I threw some dogs on there." It's always a good time, right? Like it's never bad, right? So that would be the next one, okay? And then the one after that, we're looking at like Chicago types, like hot dog. Oh, right? okay. Like actually like, in the heart of Chicago. Yeah, like mustard and onion. Oh yeah, with like the uh, uh, like the, the the pepper, um, and you got like the um, what do you the tomatoes in it with like the black poppy seeds. Oh Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And wow. to spare anybody time, here's the top two. Okay, number two in my book is going to be a Costco hot dog. Don't ask me why, but it is a number two in my staple. If you get it anywhere, it's always phenomenal every time. Now, number one, this is like a hometown thing. So if you're ever in Reno, and I hope they hear this, it's in Sparks. It's a place called Sinbad's Hot Dogs. That is the number one hot dog in the world. And I know this because I'm a hot dog connoisseur, and nothing has beaten my socks off better than a Sinbad's hot dog. Dude, that's awesome. So let me ask you this. So you're talking about this this place that's in Reno, and... Now, are you a Reno transplant, or are, or are you from there? See, I'm a transplant. I actually came from Washington State. Okay, when I was like 13. Okay, so, so see, that, I've been that here was, ever since. That was the reason why I was asking, is because like if you were, it might be a little bit skewed because it's the hometown kind of thing with with the the hot dog uh, Sinbad's hot dogs. <laughs> You know what I'm no, saying? Me, but you've I've actually been, been from somewhere days, else, bro, so, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a first for the Metal Forge. Uh, the first opening where we've uh, actually talked about hot dogs and, and stuff like that, so it's cool. <laughs> hey, I welcome all opinions, too, because I will try out any hot dog joint that's thrown at me if I'm in the city. You know, and they check out our tour schedules and they're like, Nate's got to try this hot dog. I'm in, bro. Dude, that, that would be a, that would be a thing to the next, you know, cause while this is, while we're recording this, you haven't started, started yet, but you've got a few shows running in, in April. You've got, um, you know, Scottsdale, San Diego, Lodi, Reno, you know, so you, that would be a cool, 
cool little addition to the, you know, what what's the hot dog stand in Scottsdale? Oh yeah, yeah I'd be curious about that. Like, does does Arizona know hot dogs? You know what I mean? I know Chicago knows hot dogs. I know Philly does a pretty mean hot dog in New York also too. I mean, they rank up there. But does the West Coast have what it takes to beat out Simbads? I don't think they Dude, do. Dude, that would be I'm interesting. Tell you right now. You know that that <laughs> see that's a thing. Like I could imagine, you know, some of these like fusion crossover restaurants in in LA, you know, where it's something like a um like oh, like Hawaiian meets fucking Jamaican or some shit, you know. And uh <laughs> And I could see a hot dog, a hot dog food truck doing stuff like that. Oh, absolutely! Now here's the thing where you get convoluted, right? Because I don't think you can rank corn dogs with just regular hot dogs. Ah, you know what I mean? That's, that's true. You know, that, and that's so true. I have my own corn dog rating. You know, which Korean corn dogs kicks the piss out of like any corn dog I've ever had. And then second is definitely like the rodeo or the fair corn dog. You know what I mean? Like yeah. anywhere that does like circus or you see them making like any type of uh, like funnel cakes and they're making corn dogs, those are the best, bro. Every time. Definitely. Because it's it's something magical <laughs> about it. It's it's the it's the grease, I think. Uh, oh yeah. That was gonna what you you said like the, the fair carnival deal, and that was where I was gonna ask you, where does Sonic rank with your with, Ooh, with like the flip? Sonic 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 I can think can, can claim the number ten spot. Okay, with like the, the, when I'm the foot craving the hot dog on the roll, I, I I would go there before I would hit like a wiener schnitzel. Okay, you know? right on that. Hell yeah! See, that's what it's about. <laughs> you know, tuning in to the Metal Forge every single week to where we can have awesome. Hey, try this place if you're if you're here. You know, try Sinbad's uh, hot dogs in Reno. <laughs> uh, that is oh, not yeah, a paid it's, sponsorship. It's you tell them Nate Garrison from Preacher sent you, and they'll know exactly who you're talking about every time. <laughs> awesome. So, Nate, tell everyone out in Metal Forge land about Preacher. Preacher, um, it's probably, I mean, a lot of people like to say they're different, but we're actually different, you know? Um, we're not genre-specific, even though we're getting lumped into metalcore. Um, we kind of do what we want which is nice like um as far as deciding what we want to play it's uh do we like to play it or not versus like is the audience gonna like this or are our fans gonna like this you know i feel like we built our fan base around it just kind of doing what we want you know so that was nice to not put restrictions on this because we're still discovering and it makes every release just something interesting and new that i know that like our diehard fans that are starting to come along are just enjoying the heck out of because they can get anything from like the deathcore kind of feel to like a more popular kind of metalcore, and it just it really depends on um, what the weather is like that day. <laughs> to be completely honest, so um, just honesty—you get nothing but honest, just honest musicians that work really hard, and it shows through our music. Definitely, and you know about the like the the genre thing that's always got me was like. Nobody can be just who they are because obviously you're you're an amalgamation of whatever your influences are for the most part, whether it's, you know, Norma Jean or the Arctic Monkeys or who who else, you know, Metallica or mm-hmm. Steppenwolf, you know, you're everybody is a, a mold of that. 
And when it comes to, I think the simplifying a genre is because that's the most probably relatable term. Absolutely. I could agree with that. So, but yeah, I mean, so, I mean, because I understand we get lumped into sludge. (laughs) (laughs) My band does, you know, so, (laughs) but yeah, so you all have a new single that just came out called Dystopia. Yes. Which is on Daith Records, um, and it's going to be on the upcoming EP Blur, is that right? That is correct. Now, Dave is our management company. We actually don't have a record label at all. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we're still we're still in the market, which is crazy. <laughs> as far as like we've been kind of traveling and doing everything, like um, we're actually partnering with companies versus like having them take us head on first. Just because um, I don't know if you've seen any articles and stuff that dropped on us, uh, but we we are very very uh, DIY as far as the band goes. Like we record ourselves. Um, all the designs and the aesthetics that have been built have been done by the bands. Um, basically, everything to its core, like each one of the band members actually does. So it's very hard for our management to try to step in and be like, well, <laughs> like, what do we do? And it's like, just, just make sure we're not looking stupid, basically, right? It's because we're able to just jump in and, and be hands-on with everything because we spent a lifetime figuring it out, I guess, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that that's a great way to be that is that is in my opinion as a musician as an artist it doesn't get much better than that because you're a purveyor and you have your your deal to where you can do anything and when it comes to getting the job done say it's a it's stage presence it's it's props on stage it's whatever it's the yeah you know the lighting it's you know even just overdubbing guitar tracks you know when you're when you're in the studio that you do it all yourself and i think that's really a big thing that's that's happening in music today where most artists have shifted away from these major labels like your sony's and capitals and places like that that you know partnering with smaller and more independent labels, more niche market stuff is really where it's at for, for most of, in, in my opinion, most metal. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think the biggest thing it's like, uh, with per- production where it's at and everything, you know, I think someone said it's like the producers got better and the musicians got worse, right? <laughs> so the records could sound absolutely stellar, but you don't have to be like uber talented to put some things out. Now I agree with that. And I don't agree with that at the same time, you know? And uh, my my urge if everybody was like, Nate, should I do it this way or bet on a major label? I, to be honest, like I think you can go down any path because some people need that push, you know, that they have like the pendulum swinging over their head of like, oh my god, we just signed a record contract for like millions of dollars, and we got to find a way to pay that back, which means we're gonna work. Or you know what, I'm gonna spend the time to go learn these each individual niches like we're talking about, and you know, <laughs> read books until you're full and want to die sometimes in order to go down the DIY path of like, well, how do I even do this myself kind of thing, you know? My biggest thing is if you are going to do it yourself, do the research, please. You know what I mean? And make sure and take the time to feel good about these things. Don't rush it. Don't rush that process. I agree 100%. And that's part of the 
the reward, in my opinion, for being a DIY band where it's like, okay, I'm going to just say if you're just going to even use backdrops on stage, you know, the 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 technical know how of like dissecting um, like what you need to make that work. Obviously, the cloth and the and and the print or what or the stitching or whatever has got to be taken into to do it. And yeah, then, see, I didn't even know for bigger backdrops you need like a license to fly like to fly those because you know it's a, a potential like danger hazard to mm-hmm. the venue. So if you have it licensed where it's like okay, yeah, no, this is certified to actually be in this venue and it's all good. I mean, who who tells you that stuff? Exactly, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm supposed I mean, to learn this, you know. And yeah, I mean, and then you think about like bands just take iron maiden for example that change change out their their giant uh matte backdrops uh, uh, almost yeah. in every single song you know and they play 18 15 songs or whatever and it's like holy hell that's a that's a lot that's of so stuff insane, to do, isn't know? it all the rigging that needs to go on on that level of stuff you know yeah but yeah it, it, and it could all be effed up without like it just like, it'll blink of an eye that just shows you like how dialed that crew is you know what i mean and like oh. I, I guess on the diy level too you kind of like appreciate that a little more because like you see some musicians kind of walk in and they're just like kind of like shitty to the staff and everything and me i'm like dude i couldn't be nicer to the staff because it's like your show is determined on these guys you know and a lot of people don't get that. It's like, you know, even from the guy pouring the drinks at the bar, like if everybody, if the, even the mood's off a little bit, the show's going to be off. You know what I mean? Oh, so it's absolutely. like, go in there, be nice, shake hands because they're going to make your show pop off. You know, you know, and I'll, and I'll go out on the limb and to say this, even as booking shows uh, well back in the day, you know, especially if there's like a multiple bar scenario in like the same place. Like if there's, you know, the upsell charge type shit, it (laughs) makes a big difference to make, you know, make friends with your door people, you know, because if you're friendly with the door people, they will totally take care of you and, and upsell more. Absolutely. See, I I came from a household where you, you treat the janitor like a CEO of yeah. the company so it's no like a no-brainer to me so it's just like i think it's more foreign when i you know when we actually did start hitting the road and everybody's like god damn this guy he's so fucking nice and he has manners and like that's just like not heard of anymore so i get a lot of weird looks and everything but in my house it was you know yes ma'am no sir you know like, <laughs> that's how we were raised you know so like going out into the world and the way it is it's just like blowing people's minds they're like wow you you actually care about another human being i'm like don't don't y'all <laughs> don't you worry about like if that person's also having a good day like i know it's a lot of energy but damn it's you know it's not hard to be like hey, how are you doing what's your name even you know like to me that's just second nature and a lot of it like everybody in the band's kind of the same way so we get a lot of heads turned just because of that because we're supposed to be like tough metal guys and not give a fuck but all we do is just like dude and you know what uh in the last few weeks of uh of the ep- of the metal forge it's been kind of a thing that i've been trying to be better at myself is you know understanding how we are actually a we're all a, a part to the cohesive uh, narrative you know that we're all doing the same stuff every day. 
no matter what it is. We all have our own version of, you know, what's fucked up. And, you know, you should try to understand and see it through other people's line of sight, you know? Absolutely. But, you know, don't, don't like, beat yourself to a pulp if you can't just get on a level with some people. You know, <laughs> there's oh, some true. people that just won't listen. You know what I mean? So I just, you know, just try to, like, run the line. You know, like, I, I see the world as, like, everybody's just trying to create or compare tragedies that are going on throughout the day and like try to like push it into a narrative that they think is supposed to be but like at the end of the day it should be more or less like just trying to bring people together you know we don't wake up and still like wow we're just breathing living human beings you know it has to be categorized and subsidized into these like niches like we talk about like you know skin color religion you know politics and it's like bro at the end of the day who gives a shit right like throw that out the window now, if we focus more on things that we could find on a common ground, right? I feel like that's what draws people to music so fucking much is because we're so tired of, like, disagreeing that, like, I love just this question, you know? Because, like, everyone's like, not everybody in the world can agree on one thing. And I'm like, absolutely, they fucking can. Because all you have to do is, like, we'll just stop it in this question now. This is yes or no. I need you to answer this for me. Do you like music? Well, yeah. Perfect. Now... Just starting right there, I like music too. Now, without even continuing the conversation, have we agreed on something that probably the rest of the world could do too? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And boom, we nailed it, right? Yeah, that, I mean <laughs> that's it. That's the the thing. You know, it, it's a universal right? language, I think. And then everybody else has to sit there and just break it down and deteriorate it. Like, well, what kind of music? You know, like, any of the name of five songs of that band? Like, no, you don't really like those. It's like, dude, shut up. You know what I mean? Just right. appreciate that, the fact that person the, showed up to the, the plate shit. and is yeah, ready to play that. ball with you and have that conversation. You know what I mean? So I just think we take too much for granted and overstep too much and expect too much out of people when at the end of the day, it's like, dude, we're all trying our fucking best. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and it's always one, uh, you you bring up the gatekeepery thing, you know, with that shit. And it's like, yeah. to me, it's always it's always never enough because it'll be like, well, you know, name three songs by that band and you name three songs. Oh, well, those are the hits. Name the name three others that, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and then it's like, okay, it's like, bro, if you want to have sex with them, just say it. Okay. Other than that, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> right. It's I like, like come it. On, I dude. it. I bop to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's so weird because like, I'm like the biggest fan from like, from like, uh, like monster flames. Right. Have you heard of that band? Yeah. Um, for some reason, I don't, I don't have a single record of theirs on my Apple music at all, which is weird because like, I'm the biggest like monster flames fan. But for me, it's going to watch them live. You know, like, so that's what does it for me. That makes it my favorite fucking band in the world. You know what I mean? But, um, but at the end of the day, like I could, I couldn't probably name like five or six songs off the top of my head just because you put me on the spot, but it doesn't mean I love them any less. You know what I mean? Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. And I, I think that's a healthy thing to, to have with a band, honestly, where you don't necessarily have to have a, a physical release. Yeah, that's cool if you're a completionist like I am, where I have to have every physical release that they, well, more on that in a second. Not exactly. Because uh, <laughs> some bands get ridiculous. Um, <laughs> 
but no, having a, a healthy thing where it's like where you want to just see them live because it's the it's the energy, it's everything at that at that regard. So yeah, exactly. Totally, and I so dig that. That's why the whole gatekeeping thing is, needs to just like pound fucking sand because it's like some people. It's just like it's at the end of the day, it's like you know some people feel the rain and some people get wet. You know what I mean? Right. So pick or choose, bro. But don't 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 berate somebody because they can't name the fucking discography of your favorite fucking band, but they choose to go to their shows and enjoy it. It's like they're still exactly. supporting in their own way. So fuck off. Right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so. Like I said, we're you're you're out on the road during this whole thing. Um, like I said, by the time this is going to air, it, it's April seventh, so you all are actually in San Diego today, which is cool. Um, awesome. So hopefully, uh, I mean, then you've got Lodi tomorrow, and then Reno on the ninth. So it's kind of just like this this little this little like weekender thing. Yeah, so um, for any of the DIYers that are listening, right? <laughs> um, here's here's just a little like nice little like uh, nugget, right, of uh, information that we would like to pass along. Um, going on big tours is is a luxury, right? And nice. may not always be the best benefit to send your band on. So we as a band until you know obviously this is like rolling in and paying the bills and even paying for itself it makes more sense to go out for three or four days at a time in multiple spots throughout the month and hit different markets versus like trying to be out for two three weeks at a time and spanning and stretching ourselves out financially that way so that's why if you even look at last year we were gone for almost eight to nine months but it was just like every other weekend and that was awesome because it kept the momentum going and it felt great you know like because we were able to still come home pay attention to our lives here and not have it like straight because we all know now with all that knowledge and the way we travel and everything like that that our home is already built around us being able to be gone for longer you know so it's just the perfect stepping stone to turn this into a potential like a career so to speak you know because you're building your markets you're not traveling as far and it's the most bang for your buck when you're leaving town because you can also potentially still keep your day jobs, still keep money coming in and not feel like you have to worry about if you're going to be fucking homeless when you get home, you know? Exactly. And, you know, that was going to be one of my questions to you on that is, you know, having four dudes in the band and in my scenario three, you know, the scheduling really has to be there because once you're out and about and you're doing the thing, and all the stuff and all the things, as they say, that, you know, the the itinerary really is a good thing. You know, you know, if you've got a, you know, a, a six hour drive between this city and this city that, you know, that you, you can leave and have enough time to get there and just all of that. Mm -hmm. So with you all doing stuff like this and and you coming back and and just doing like you know three four days like a friday saturday sunday or you know thursday to monday it's etc now like what happens in the regard of saying that you know 
you're going to do three shows in Texas or, or, you know, three shows, you know, you want to hit Indianapolis, Louisville and Nashville. Cause there's, you know, five hours between the three of them. Um, how, how would that work for you guys? Um, Texas would be something we would just drive. We would do it. You know, like we would be like, okay, everybody in the bus, <laughs> we're out of here. And then, um, as far as East coast stuff, um, that's something we kind of like actually plan out. You know, that would be something that would be worth touring to, okay. so to speak. You know what I mean? So um, instead of, like, trying to fly out and rent a bunch of gear and everything like that, which is totally possible nowadays, you know, especially with, like, modelers and, you know, being able to shove, like, an entire orchestra in your backpack, which is absolutely insane because I'm old and I still get blown away. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> But, agree. yeah, it would be, be worth its time because if we're already going out that far, there's plenty of other markets that are like, dude, get your ass out here. You know what I mean? Right. So um, that would be the time to be like, okay, guys, we are going to take like two weeks off and be out, you know, because we're actually going to hit these markets that we've been wanting to do and we would do it and come back. Now, as far as anything, I mean, you got to keep you, your neck of the woods like this, you know what I mean? Especially us because on the West Coast, it's so much more spanned out than the East Coast. Right. I can only imagine if we were on our schedule on the East Coast. Because we've probably played damn near the entire Midwest to East Coast in like a couple months or two. Just because oh, yeah. everything's because so much closer. You everything know? is so much but closer. Damn, just even trying to get to Vegas, bro, is, is like eight, eight to nine hours in a bus. You know? Ugh. But then again, so, when you but when you also think about it too, you're you know, but when you're in Vegas, you're also four hours from LA, which is four hours from Phoenix. You know, so yep. it does have its. See, you, its, you, its you're good you're stuff. picking up my vibe, so yeah. you can see how these kind of get grouped together. It's usually something like, "We really want you to come out." And we're like, "Great, let me turn around and go." Hey, can we come here? Can we come here? You know, oh, yeah. instead of, "Oh, we're just driving to there and then driving back home," which we will do. You know, people do say no, like, and it happens. You know, because uh, we're still in a you know baby period as far as our career goes, so it's not like everybody's going to take the risk on us, but. If it happens, it happens. If not, we we don't miss shows. We don't like to do that. So we'll come regardless. No, I totally get that too because I did that that, that same thing uh, our last way out. It was uh, we were in we're in Louisville, so it it was Milwaukee and then Toledo, and then we had to find something to get back home or not Toledo, uh, Akron. Sorry. Uh, so uh, Milwaukee is seven hours from us. And then it's another seven hours from uh, Milwaukee to Akron. So it's like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, could have, could have done better. (laughs) I was hoping for the Chicago gig. Not only is it like the financial game that you're juggling, but it's also your sanity. (laughs) Especially when you're driving um, around big cities like Chicago and shit like that. We played Blue Ridge last year. And uh, we had to drive straight home after that because, you know, the whole PTO struggle and everything throughout, like, the time before of us touring throughout the rest of the year. So um, just the three of us had to drive 48 hours home from Virginia. And I would never like to do that ever again because it's like, man, even if we just had one show in between there, I don't even care if it was someone's backyard or closet. I would have taken it just to get the hell out of the bus and stretch my legs and and just have some fun. So. Yeah, just think about those things when you're routing, you know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Do I really have to drive two uh, days home straight, you know? Yeah, and make sure you you have good, like, AAA. That, 
that's a great thing to have too. <laughs> yes, that or you know have somebody start watching YouTube vids on how to work on cars. Luckily, like everybody in in our band is pretty car savvy, you know. So um, we wouldn't really be stuck for that long anywhere else. We'd be more or less like jumping in front of mechanics, like here's the tool we could do it, you know. Well. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, for the AAA thing, because AAA's 24 hours. You yes. Know, but whereas most, uh, in most Midwest rural areas like Kansas and Nebraska and Oklahoma, uh, a lot of those places are still, they still operate like it's 1955. And, <laughs> and, and Jimmy, Jimmy tow truck driver goes home at 10 o'clock. And, yeah, you know, so yeah, be careful with that stuff. <laughs> no, that, that's a that's a very wise nugget right there, Mark. <laughs> yes, uh, it may have been done a time or two in my day. <laughs> just, just, just a couple times, right? No, no, it's like, oh, don't tell fuck. them the truth; they won't work, bro. <laughs> here we are in the fucking land that time forgot. There's not a 24-hour <laughs> nothing. Man. No, no 24-hour WalMarts. None of that shit. <laughs> I know. If you if you think that like the United States isn't just a desolate land, then I urge you to drive from one coast to the other and tell me what you see. Oh Here. yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely interesting. Uh, it it it's really interesting. Like, and and this goes into the end of the thing of like terrestrial radio type shit. Um, yeah, we <laughs> when we were on our last uh, deal, well, that's, no. The, the one before that when we were actually out in California um, <laughs> we were coming through Colorado and heard a guy from our local radio station on a commercial for somebody else out there where it was all like clear channel radio type shit right and awesome. so it's like what the fuck <laughs> and just <laughs> like you see these it, it's just this weird shit that happens when you're out there so Make sure you have fucking twenty four hour roadside service and and shit yes. like that. <laughs> Especially if you're gonna go through the fucking land at time forgot. Oh yeah. That uh, in Virginia is terrifying because there was a lot of wars fought there and I'm pretty sure the whole state is just haunted. Oh I'm sure, honest. yeah. <laughs> and then and then it's just like going out through like uh out through like Colorado and shit. You have the uh the bears. Oh yeah, out in like Virginia that are like walking across the interstate and shit. <laughs> Between that and the deer, man. Like, yeah, ugh. and then you didn't, you didn't think people would hit things so much until you actually hit the road, and you're like, dude, why, where did all this fucking wildlife come from? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Crazy, man. Yeah, there. It's definitely a a wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> Driving anywhere. You just see so much. And we mean, shit. And we mean that respectfully. Okay? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, just saying. <laughs> you know, and, and yes, it is respectfully. You know, and I'm and anybody who knows the show uh, knows that I'm a huge George Carlin fan, and he makes <laughs> he makes uh, a, a it's like a prison farm reference, and it's all square states in the middle of the country type shit. And he says, you know, uh, a lot of people missing missing an eye and broken teeth. And he's like, you know, the real face of America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yep, that that's that's definitely right. George was definitely on to something there. 
so sure, the, the new EP, <laughs> uh, when is Blur supposed to be out? Um, undetermined yet, but um, definitely in May. It should be coming out. Okay. Now it's in the month of May. I just don't know the dates yet. Awesome. So I know we, we kind of got on the genre thing a little bit earlier. Uh, with picking metalcore as the closest available genre that you guys would, you know, consider yourselves. I know in in like my branch of metal where it's like uh, death and thrash and a little bit of black metal, it seems to be that like everybody has their own idea of what what they know they want to do release wise. For example, are are there a lot of vinyl metalcore? bands see i mean it's kind of hit or miss i would say vinyl is more like the deathcore area like area in this type of genre just because like everybody likes the variants and shit like that right um but i mean i think it all comes down to your fan bases to be completely honest like i mean obviously we're not balling enough like hey guys we're gonna put out like 12 different variants of a beautifully pressed vinyl for you guys like it's just not in the bank account for us because we we would just lose our asses if we tried to do that but you know, other, other bands, like I said, like uh, like more of your deathcore kind of stuff, um, or like your your heavier beatdown kind of things. Because like the biggest one that comes to mind is Decay Strain, like how they did the Decay like vinyl release, which is just so fucking sick. Right. And then probably like your older schools, like like bands like like Thrice, that's kind of like been around for a while. Like you'd probably pick up the Alchemy Index and be like, "This is fucking amazing." Right now, like metalcore uh, newbies are in the genre. <laughs> He's like, let me ask you real quick. Would you buy vinyl for me right now if I were to offer you one? Well, see, for me... <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, no. You see what I mean? I just, yeah, yeah. But no. Like, well, see, I think for my personal deal with vinyl is if it's something... Like, obviously, I'm going to have, like, all of my Motorhead and all of my the Metallica yeah. stuff and stuff like that. But I I really vinyl weighs a fucking ton, and I've had a ton of vinyl in the past, and nobody ever wants to help you move the shit. So now it's kind of for me. It's um, <laughs> if I ever decide to move again, I want to have as as little vinyl as possible, so people will help me move. <laughs> yeah, I see. I just think it's more of an accolade thing. You know what I mean? Like you kind of earn your stripes at that point if someone's going to pick up a vinyl from you. Yeah, for you sure. know. And um, and my my suggestion is like if you're already at that level where you're thinking about pressing vinyl and doing something fucking cool, I think you have enough fans that are going to buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now right off the gate, I just don't see anybody being able to execute it unless they have like tons of money in the bank, which some people do. You know what I mean? So I'm not discouraging it by any means. But as far as a preacher vinyl. I mean, unless, unless everybody was begging for it, and I had, like, 500 fucking emails flying in my inbox, like, tomorrow. What's your to, email like, address? To, order one, then, yeah, I would press those motherfuckers, you know? <laughs> well, the, the only reason I ask is because it's, like, there was a an independent label from Louisville that, was putting, that started putting things out on cassette again back in, like, 2012. And so now... Cool. I see everybody's putting stuff back out on cassette again. And which is cool, don't get me wrong, because that's like from the people who grew up in the eighties and nineties, that's really where their where their heart's at, I think, is those cassettes. And mm-hmm. 
and when I asked the the label, it's like, well, why are you printing? And you know, why are you all you know doing tapes or whatever? And he said, you know, because the group of fans that dig this music. They're getting their hand-me-down cars, which are like the 1992 Corolla that only has a tape deck. So yeah. they're they're listening to tapes again because they want you know because they would just want to do something like that. Yeah. See, I mean, I think there's still like a small niche for like CDs, but if I was at a show and I really liked the band and they had like a CD out, a cassette tape, and a vinyl available. Bro, I'm probably walking away with a cassette tape and the vinyl just because it's badass. Because other than that, I'll just go stream it online. You know what I mean? For sure. Like I feel like streaming took away the CD, but not necessarily like the good stuff. You know what I mean? Because the warm sounds that come from like a, a tape, bro, like or or a vinyl. It's like you know you're actually buying something special. You know, yeah. instead of just like a digital compact disc. You know what I mean? Where it's like. This sounds like your tele or your damn iPhone. You know, it's like why, why do I want to pay for that? You know, everything else is just it's more memorabilia and cool shit, like you said, or even to jam out in like a, a freaking Trans Am or something. Like I'm badass. You know, <laughs> like she <laughs> got something to do, and that that we could thank Stranger Things too. I think they did a really good job of bringing that type of aesthetic back too to the younger generation, as far as like go get a Walkman. You know, put your actual wired headphones on instead of fucking. You know, I'm trying to live so far in the tech area. You know, like it's it's cool. I love it. I love every minute of it. Hell yeah! So obviously, we're looking forward to the EP that's going to be coming out. Uh, hopefully in in May. Hopefully, you know, it's sooner than that. You know, and that is the Blur EP. <laughs> I know. Isn't that terrible? Like we're 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 at a level that we're at right now, and I'm still like, I don't know when that's actually dropping. I'm no, sorry. it's it's all good. It happens. <laughs> It totally happens. I mean, shit, I'm that way. <laughs> but I do want to shift gears here and want to ask you some general questions about you as a person because that's what we do here, you know. Yeah. So I can sort the a, a couple of decks of cards for these, and they could be they could range from anything, you know. What you know because we started the show talking about fucking hot dogs. I mean, fuck, <laughs> I, I, anything can Obviously, happen. Obviously, I'm an open book, my friend. So Hell fire yeah. away. <laughs> uh, which do you like more? Recording, being in the studio, or performing live? Ooh, probably performing live. All right. Uh, I get that. Uh, I, I'm very much a... The show is where it's at for me. See, I, I think that's like the show is the contestant to all the hard work you put in to get there. You're like, the studio is building that platform... But the live show when you go play and actually show the art that you've been working so fucking hard on, and just even if I don't care if it's like one person do a uh, hundred thousand people, just to see that smile or that one person that's like fuck yeah, um, it just reassures you that it, it, the love that you have for what you're doing, you know. Hell yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have any pre-show rituals or routines that you do? See, I get asked this a lot too. <laughs> Um, it's more of a mental thing for me. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I've been doing this quite a while. I still get nervous as shit. Like I have the biggest stage fright, so don't don't you know don't think I'm Captain Badass and I'm walking on stage. I'm like literally ready to throw up every time. But um, I treat it as if like I'm about to jump out of a plane because you either because like jumping out of a plane, it's like it's like one or the other. You either fucking jumping out and you're getting your destination probably quicker than flying to it. So um, jump, <laughs> you know. So 
that's what I feel about it. I'm not going to ride the plane home and have a pity party. I'll just never do that. So that's that would be my pre-ritual thing. It's me visualizing, taking off and getting into altitude. Now, mind you, I've never jumped out of a plane because I'm fucking terrified of heights. But um, going on stage kind of feels the same way. And that's why I do compare myself mentally is that I'm about to jump out of this motherfucker. You know? Fuck yeah. That's awesome. That, yes. Uh, I mean... I I think of shit like that too where I I always sit there and I get to a headspace and like I might and it's different every show I've noticed and I yeah. sit there and I immediately have the moment when I just look around and all of a sudden it clicks and I'm like all right let's go to work right <laughs> and and so I love that because there there are ritualistic people that you know have to have a certain water or stretch a certain way in order to achieve that. But then also too, there's people like me and you. It's just it's a full mental game. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like okay, now we are flipping into show mode, and um, that's the ritual, right? Yeah, it doesn't happen physically or anything. You just in your mind, you're getting into that space where you're gonna go. You know, you're gonna put on a hell of a fucking show as long as you can get there mentally yeah oh absolutely and getting there mentally for me is cranking up the fucking volume and yanking off the knob you know fucking just bam and fucking go (laughs) and anybody who's a weird owl fan knows that that's a reference uh (laughs) uh, what song do you wish you wrote in like history yeah probably bohemian rhapsody (laughs) yes I could, yeah. <laughs> what like about Bohemian Rhapsody yeah, yeah. that does it for you like that, though? Bro, just like the, the, the sheer vocal power uh, and structure and just doing something so fucking new and blowing people's minds at that time. Because, you know, all the other bands that were out there at the time, you know, were all fucking, you know, doing like glam rock kind of thing. And, you know, they all had register and voices and shit. But then you have Freddie Mercury that's sitting here fucking hitting like a five tier. Uh, 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 what do you what do you call that? Like a fucking harmony, you yeah, know? Like a, <laughs> and just uh, like, like the, the five octave range, beautiful. And then you know, then it breaks it down into like this depth. That it's just it's unachievable. Like giving somebody a life story in a song, and I I try to do that every fucking time, but I don't think I could ever do it as beautiful as Freddie Mercury, or oh, I hope to one day. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But that's that's why I would fucking write that song is because I've never heard an individual actually immortalize himself in a song before oh, I heard that. Yeah, you know? for sure. And to me, it's like, you know, there was that was in the time period where there were a lot of like quote rock opera type stuff where you had the, you know, like Jesus Christ Superstar and and shit like that. But this actually took that to rock music, I think. Absolutely. So it's just uh the the Omega structure. It just it changed everything. It changed everything. We can be real on that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe a rap city. I would love to have written that song. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, what quality do you think is more important for a musician? A unique style or technical skill? Ooh, I think you need both, to be completely honest. You know, because, like, I, okay, I'm a big proponent of this. I don't know if you're like a gear nerd or not, right? Um, how everybody's always chasing the perfect guitar tone, right? Um. I don't, I don't think you ever could. It's just like how Van Halen like made up his stuff. Like you, you couldn't replicate what he was doing because he's fucking Van Halen. Because he <laughs> couldn't even I mean? re- re- replicate a lot of what he was doing. 
Exactly, exactly. So he had a technicality about himself that made him original, so to speak. So they go hand in hand because if you don't have the technicality in your talent and everything like that, then you're not going to create anything original. Right. No, absolutely. And, and yeah, I think it is a combination of both as well. Cause look at people like Frank Zappa who, <laughs> who well, who had great technical ability, but he also has such a unique style and yeah. you know, recording, he was definitely a weird individual when it came to his, his writing and the way things were. Cause Frank, apparently you, I've heard this from multiple people about him. He was the metronome. So everything went off of his own like time, which is nice. kind of interesting because like, yeah. <laughs> He's just, well, I mean, he's not the only one. I think Mozart was the one that established the whole timing of music, right? Right. Like, right into the beat of his heart and everything like that. So, so yeah, technicality is what creates your originality. So it's just like I said, if you if you pick up a guitar, it doesn't sound the same in everybody's hands, you know. So developing what you sound like through an instrument, whether that's a voice, an instrument, or anything, even just like your your style, your clothing, and everything like that, starts at the core of your technicality. And that's what creates originality. Definitely. Uh, would you rather... <laughs> I'm going to ask a couple of these. Uh, a couple of would you rathers. Uh, would you rather always feel bloated but cannot burp or always feel like you have to sneeze but never do? Oh, sneeze, bro. All day long. <laughs> feeling really? bloated and like not being able to burp. Like, oh, yeah, that's the worst. Feel like you're, you're on the brink of explosion. <laughs> Hell no! Like, you know what, I mean? what about fart though? Could you still fart? Uh, I I would say so because it didn't. Yeah, but sometimes no. I mean, it, when it's sitting on top of the stomach like that, and you know where it's right <laughs> under your rib cage or right at the base of your fucking breastbone when it's there, oh, it's the worst. Because then you're just yeah start, yeah. Th- then you get that weird <laughs> like walk where you're you're kind of leaning back and, and like the only way I could actually. Uh, picturesque put it is like you're walking like fucking like Homer <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's, yeah that'd be 100% correct so yeah no I wouldn't want to do that at all I mean I've dealt with nose hairs for an entire day long so yeah I, I think I can live with the sneeze better definitely uh, <laughs> this one's kind of a gross one uh, would you rather eat what you find under your sofa cushions or between the seats of your car? Ooh, I would say seats of my car. Because I think there's probably more food there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I wouldn't starve. <laughs> like, That's... I, I, don't, I think it would be like, like fucking change and shit like that. So I was like, ah. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize how nasty that would actually be until I said it out loud. That was an awesome question. I'm it's it's, it's disgusting. Now. It's like uh, I've been in work vehicles before after somebody else and like stopping by like fucking like KFC and shit. That shit gets everywhere in cars. Oh, yeah. 
it gets between the seats and the consoles in in the uh, the shifter where it has like the older shifters used to have that little brush thing there that shit gets yeah. that shit gets in every fucking where ugh gross <laughs> yeah but think about it you're in a desolate land right and you all you have is fucking KFC chicken you know? crumbs and then you see a couch and a car right and you have to pick one to survive which one's going to have the most substance in food? It's going to be that fucking car, bro. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you know, the couch cushions are pretty much tofu. That's true. <laughs> I mean, you'll be full, but you'll be dead. You know? Yeah, right. The other one's Ugh. like, at least you got a fighting chance. You know? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather spend the last year of your life partying or making a difference in the world? Uh, making a difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah, because partying is cool and all, but uh, that's to celebrate doing something great. You know what I mean? When you get lost in that is when, unfortunately, a lot of people go down wrong paths and tend to make mistakes and things that they wish they would have done. You know what I mean? I'm a big proponent of uh, I won't go to my deathbed with a what if. So I will definitely make a change in this world before I'm out of here. Or I won't die. I'll tell you that. Definitely. And see, and that's awesome. I mean, that's that's really what it's about right there is making, you know, making the difference. I mean, the the party's cool, but that's what you've got every every other place, every other year for, I think. Exactly. Hell like, yeah. Um, what's the point of partying if you're not celebrating, you know? Oh, for sure. I, I completely dig that. So... Nate, thank you so much for coming on the Metal Forge this week. This has been awesome. Uh, I'm going to go through my spiel here and say, as always, links are listed below, so please give a like, a share, and a follow. Please check out these guys in any way you can. If you're in San Diego, Lodi, or Reno, go check them out this weekend because that's what it's fucking all about. They are at the Poor House, Wildwood Skate Park, and uh, Altura's Bar. Fuck yeah. And... Dude, uh, like, go to the Bandcamp pages, uh, buy merch, go see shows, because that's what really fucking matters. Dude, do you have any shout-outs you want to give to anybody today before we go? Uh, Shout-out to Shauna. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Publicist. She, she is the greatest in the world, man. I love working for her, and um, I say that, you know, because she obviously works for us, but... I work for her, right? Right. <laughs> and as, then, as most uh, the of us guys to, do, we work for. Oh our yeah, women. right. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, to find us easier, just go to our dot com. It's uh, just preacherenvfornevada.com. dot com, and then uh, start spamming us so I can tell you how to get to Sinbad's hot dogs, so you guys can end us on a high note and have the best hot dog in the world. You know. Fuck yeah! Yes. Yeah, see, and he worked in the ad for Sinbad's hot dogs, <laughs> coming to a coming to a street corner near you um <laughs> hell yeah dude final question of the day if you had a surprise million dollars show up on your doorstep what would you do with it uh legal million dollars no like legal million dollars gotcha i am i don't know like uh, i I'm not really wanting to like want things like that. <laughs> you know? So if I had a million dollars, I'd probably be just financially correct. You know, like I would uh, pick up a nice reliable car, <laughs> you 
you know, buy a home within my means and then probably take the rest and invest it in things that I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, like create a job that I will love and enjoy until I die that would potentially generate another million dollars. Definitely. Yeah, because that's what it's about is, you know, you know, making the making the deal last because you don't know if tomorrow's guaranteed or another 50 years even you know even when you're 40 you know you don't know if you're you have another 50 years so yeah you got to make that last exactly and you think about that and then you go to your job the next day and you're like what the fuck am i doing <laughs> you, you know i recently it, changed jobs yeah oh for sure and and i recently changed like day job shit and I've worked for this company before and I worked for them for 10 years and left to do some other stuff because, you know, you have to get out and stretch your legs occasionally, right? And mm-hmm. and I was just like, holy shit, man. Like, after I came back, I was like, this is probably the most low stress I have been in, like, the last, like, five or six years. <laughs> I'm like, because I went right back to doing what I was doing for such a long time and I'm getting paid a whole lot better for it. And I'm just like, you know what? This is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. I'll leave you this one, Mark. Like not a lot of people know this unless you know me personally. Like, um, as of a few weeks ago, I actually hung up my career in order to pursue music full time. Holy shit. Dude, yes. that is heavy. It's it's a lot, but uh, you can't really focus on Plan A if you're constantly worrying about Plan B. That's very true, and you know, no much, no real much wiser words have been spoken here on the show. And I think that's a great place to say, "What do you want us to play out today from Preacher?" Dude, let's kick it old school. I know we're playing on the... Actually, you know what? we got to play the new stuff because management's going to be like, why didn't you play the new song? And I like to go against the riff, you know? Uh, <laughs> that's why, like, all of our merch has, like, free shipping this month. And they're like, you know, we're just for a couple weeks. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to sit up for the entire month. Fuck it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a problem child. And no one tells me what to do, right? Well, no. Uh, but yeah, what no, just what is it with... No, go ahead. Let's play something old because we'll, we've will we started the show with the new song. Oh, yeah. Dude, the Yeti. I love that fucking song. It's hardcore, it's aggressive, and in your face. That's what I like. Hell yeah. All right. So you heard him, you know. This is from Preacher. This is the Yeti.
What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine, an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout 
to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's UnchainedTapes.BigCartel.com.